You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. All right, Sid Talk, what were you talking about just then? What were you talking about before I was talking about something? You're talking about before the, the after the show thing. discussion, you talked about something first. I was saying that I remember when I was a kid, um, and the bank, the Nat West in particular, which is the one of the biggest banks. Wait, when were you a kid? In the seventies. Okay. Eighties and seventies. Seventies, you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're a kid up to when you are sixteen, in my opinion. Okay. <clears throat> when do you stop being a kid for you? A kid, I think. 10, 11. Right. Then, so, then you're like... No. Oh, no, no. Maybe you stop being a child when you're like 10 or 11. And then you're, you're right. And then you're a kid for a few years. Yeah. So, so the NatWest is the one of the biggest banks in the UK. And uh, they had a... Advertise- it seems real insidious now thinking about it. But <laughs> on television, they advertised that kids... I think it was from like five and up could come into the bank and create their own savings account and have a savings book. And they made it, like, look really appealing because the book was, like... the You know, like, you get a savings account now and you get, like, a, a an official-looking book that you keep all that yeah. you have all your details in. Well, this book looked like... Kids would like this book. It was, like, made for kids. Plus, like, if you put a pound in the bank... And this was... A pound was a lot to a little kid, right? You put a pound in the bank, you got... Um, this piggy bank and this pig has been completed <laughs> and this piggy bank was about I'd say how big is this that big like yes. 14 16 inches high yeah, made out of porcelain standing and, up yeah okay and it was a like a standing up piggy bank and it was a, a pig are we the thinking pig- of somebody who looks like Porky Pig or something no, like that? No, like, like a, a cartoon pig? Like a fat banker he looked like, if you can think of that. Like a cartoony pig, yeah. not like a pig pig. Like a banker with money all around him and stuff. He was kind of like a greedy <laughs> banker. This fat. sounds more insidious <clears throat> as you say. But there was a whole family of these pigs. There was like the father, the, you know, like... Yep. And when you opened your account, you randomly got one. And I don't know how you got the others, if you wanted all of them. I don't know how it worked, but I, I got the, the banker guy. But I remember going into the bank and speaking to the lady behind the thing. I went on my own. I was probably about 10 when I got <laughs> mine. And uh, she takes the pound off you and then she comes back and she's got this big cardboard box. And it's really exciting, you know. Like you're like Aww. A kid. And then uh, I used to put my paper... I did a paper round. I used to put my paper round money in the bank every week, you know, while I had spare. But it seems real insidious now. <coughs> That they had a campaign. Somebody sat down in a boardroom and said, how do we get little kids to come and put a pound in the bank? <laughs> and then keep putting a pound in the bank every week. Because like, I think there was bonuses. Yeah, but to give you a piggy bank is counter to that. Because well, that means no, people... you put you put your any money anybody give you in the piggy bank, then you t- you're supposed to take the piggy bank to the bank and then put that money into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and it was a huge piggy bank, so I think they were expecting lots of money. They were probably expecting all relations who come round to go, oh, here's some money to put in the bank. Yeah, you know, it's a bound, it's a bound. So, um, and it was, I think there was some kind of incentive scheme, like when you got to a certain level in your savings account, you got, maybe you got one of those more more pigs when you got to £100 or something, you got another pig. I don't think I ever got 
<laughs> far enough. You just wanted the pig. <clears throat> but they don't do that anymore, as far as I know. There is no incentive to get kids um, to make a savings account. Well, like when I do go through, I don't go in the bank much ever anymore, but when you go through the drive you see other little incentive things, and there's like, start a checking account with a St. Louis Cardinals right. credit card Maybe thing that. and get free tickets. It's not a kid thing necessarily. So I have to look next I time. I could equate to this to like how McDonald's market a Happy Meal. Because when you see that on TV as a kid, you go, Mom, 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 I want that little toy. We've got to go to McDonald's for dinner. And then it gets the parents. It was the same thing. Like, it was that. It is, but putting your money in the bank isn't going to fill your arteries with cholesterol. It's better for you. Putting your money in the bank's not bad. But still, like, it's like a fish hook, isn't it? But it was supposed to... We're going to train you as a child. Yeah, train you to uh, save money and, you know, use the bank. I can assure you, nothing has ever trained me well on saving money. I don't save money. I'm not good at it. I will probably end up being being old and having zero money and um, I'm not really afraid of that. I don't know why, but... I'm not very secure. I have retirement from my job, so I guess I think, well, that'll do. Maybe you need <laughs> to go and open an account and get a pig for every $100 Get you me play. some free baseball tickets It's so funny. Something. I mean, yeah, I understand why it was a pig, because piggy banks. If they would say, right, we're giving incentive to keep more than $1,000 in a savings account, say, for example, and if you do that for six months, then we're going to give you a year free pass to the local movie theater. Like, you can use it 365 times. You can go once a day if you want. Like, it's not unlimited, but you could. That might give me incentive. Not the... I don't know. Something like that. But nothing... There's nothing people material. Are just a, people are just... I don't a, want a toaster. I don't want a blender. People would just abuse that. Well, no. You'd have to have a $1,000. Well, you'd just go and put a grand in there, wouldn't you? No. You have to keep it in there for six months. Right. And then you have to keep your account or you don't get the incentives. So, it's tied directly to that. But that's... I'm saying as far as incentives go... Or you get a $20 free grocery card at Hy-Vee every six months if you keep your savings. You know, something that's actually applicable to I mean, to money me. is the incentive for adults, isn't it? It's like you get yeah. some interest. That's, that's... I don't know. People like stuff. I think they do. I think they would. I think people would rather have... You know, when you get, you get interest, don't you, on your money? And that's all fine and well. <laughs> if you've got a lot of money, you get some money back. Correct. If you've got... I make like 32 cents I'm going to say, if you've got an average <laughs> amount of money, like most people, just like, you know, uh, your wages, you're going to get very little... Like me, I get 32 cents yeah, a month. and over a year, it, it adds up to nothing, <laughs> yeah. right? So, um, but an incentive would be what would be better for somebody is like a free mobile phone or a free... Something that you would want, like... Or, yeah, you say, restaurant tickets or... Um, movie tickets or gro- or money off groceries. Something like that is a better incentive, isn't it? Um, yeah, for me, anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I don't think there is anything in place now to get little kids to go into banks. It seemed weird. It seems weird when you think of it as an adult. I bet if we look it up, there, there are. Yeah, like, little, family Like, come accounts and get your toy. And, yeah, exactly. So, um, that is a after-the-show, uh, before-the-show discussion. One of I should them. call that before-the-show, shouldn't we? That's the after the before the show. That's the before the after the show discussion. And along with that, and I'll mention them later, even though it was before. We'll talk about the art thing later. All right. So it is Saturday, November the 17th, 2012. This is after the show number 250. Hooray! 250, quarter of a way there to a thousand shows. Is that your goal and then we're done? 
No. <laughs> so um, that's a uh, that's seven hundred and fifty more weeks. It is. So the movie we're looking at this week is Holy the amazing two hundred and fifty weeks. That's a long time. Nice. Yes. I mean, put it in perspective. Uh, eight years. Real? No, not eight years. Fifty weeks in a year. 52. Five years. Five years. <laughs> Why do I think eight years? You need to watch the math channels on YouTube that I've been watching. Fifty weeks to a year, basically, roughly, that's five years. Fifty-two weeks to a year. Yeah. And there's no roughly about it. This no, I mean, weeks. but that's not exactly 250 when you add it times five. All right, so the movie we're looking at this week is The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, this is the 2012 version of Spider-Man, and it's differentiated from the other version by The Amazing. Um, it's released on Blu-ray on the 9th of November, so it's actually out now. Uh, it's a PG-13. It's from our friends at Sony. And we're looking at the... There is a 3D uh, Blu-ray with, like, five discs, but we're looking at the Blu-ray, DVD, ultraviolet copy version. Um, and Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of The Amazing Spider-Man. Have I had my birthday since the last time we talked? Has this got anything to do with Spider-Man? I'm just saying. I had a birthday. Do we know this? We already talked about that last okay. week. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. You're very self-centric today. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> Give the amazing Spider-Man some props. <laughs> I don't give a shit about movies. I don't care about myself. <laughs> Am I in this movie? No. Then let's move on to something more about me. Uh, the, what? Who needs a synopsis? It's the amazing Spider-Man. It, it is. is the origin of Spider-Man as told through this vision of this director, writer, person. That's it. Peter Parker turns into Spider-Man. Correct. <laughs> he has an aunt and uncle and parents that have gone, and there's bad guys and a dude, dude who I like very much, Ralph, Rafe Fiennes. Is that his name? Absolutely not. What's his name? He's called <laughs> Rafe Fiennes. It's a completely different guy. It's called Reese Ifans. Reese Ifans, exactly. Yeah. He uh, he's but Ray Fiennes is somebody else. Yeah, completely. But this guy turns into uh, an, an interesting creature. Correct. So it's a reimagining of Spider-Man because we all know. Let's get this out of the way first. That ten years ago, well, in the last. Why do we have to discuss it? It's just a movie. It's a whole new. Isn't movie. this a? We're talking about a movie. I know. But this no, what I'm saying is, just getting to. this out of the way before we talk about the movie, is there is a... Spider-Man has been made several times over the years, but the last one that was made was Sam Raimi's trilogy of Spider-Man. Uh, my opinion on the Sam Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man is it started off really good, but I really hated that third one. I can't get that third... I can't get the sour taste of the third one out of my head. It's just not very good. Um... And I did rewatch it. It was on FX or mm-hmm. something. I did too. And I was like, oh, wow, it's really not good. It's, there's too many things in it. It was. It was like you were like, bombarded. Like, um, it's no focus. It's like, oh, let's have a few buddies and let's have like it's weird comedy parts and then serious parts. And yeah, it's real, it's real unfocused. So this is a, you know, up-to-date version of Spider-Man, I guess. Like, it, like Sam Raimi's feels very last decade to me. This feels now like it's. This is just kind of modernized. What are you it. talking about? The story or the just look the of way the movie? it is. The look of the look of it. The feel of it. This is more in line with today's like, like the Sam Raimi Spider Man is very comic bookish, like real over the top cartoonish. This is more the Dark Knight or something like that. More mm. a serious look at. How is that modern? 
I just feel that movies today are kind of going in that okay. in that in that way. Like you know, people want to be more serious or more real, you know, than like we've done the com- we've done all these comic book movies already. We want to make them more like integrated into real life instead of apart from the Avengers, which is completely over the top. Mm-hmm, but, I was going to say, I'm not sure if that's accurate it's just a it's just a different way to do it because so when this, we watched the original ones or what the ones with the earlier ones that's what we said oh we love seeing spider-man in as real life yeah. we didn't say it was comic booky then but you're saying it now but it is it feels more colorful and this is more, more gritty romanticized and and more grounded this one i think so the new one what we just watched amazing spider-man i've got mixed feelings about it First, I'll I'll do the negatives first for okay. me. Um, I think it's about thirty minutes too long, maybe twenty minutes. Too. It's it's nearly two and a half hours. Um, I feel it. I feel it was a bit long. I, I feel like I felt long. It felt long to me. Like there was lots of stuff that I didn't really care about. I was kind of. I, I feel like we've been over that before. You know, for example. I, I, um, like, you know, when he's learning his powers and stuff. In this one, I didn't find it interesting at all. Like, I know, because it's unfair. Because you you got that other one running through your mind. You have to separate. And I did, totally separate it. But I felt the way they portrayed him learning it, while there was some cool moments, as in, you know, when he, when he's too, he realizes he's very, very strong and he's breaking everything. That was kind of cool. But when... He was doing his skateboarding in the aircraft hangar. It, it just seemed... yeah, but if you hadn't seen no, I, I I totally separated. I understand about separating. I don't think you have. No, I did, you... and I just don't, I prefer I prefer the way they portrayed it. That's what I'm saying. You're still comparing. No, well, I am now just because we're doing this podcast. But what I wasn't when I was watching it. I was just like, you know, it's it's we're just repeating the same thing. It's it's not right. But if you it's hadn't not a seen the first story. one at all. If you hadn't seen that one at all, and then you're watching this one... And that's one. the problem with this movie. It didn't... It That's my second negative. Okay. It doesn't actually need remaking so soon. It, it, that's it, not the movie's fault, is it? No, it's, it's somebody... Uh, you know, what happened is Sam Raimi pulled out after three, and then they probably went back to the drawing board and go, do we carry on his story with somebody else, or do we just start again? And they've started again, right? And it wasn't just Sam Raimi who pulled out. Right? The dude, Spider-Man, pulled out. Yeah. Sam Raimi pulled out first, and then others went along with him. But So they went back to the drawing board, because it's a huge franchise, and they need to tell the story again, according to them. Um, so you're using that as part of how you judge it? Because that No, I'm seem... just saying my negatives first. Right, but that's... I've got a lot of positives. I know, but you're saying that in as if that has some reflection on the movie. But the movie, is, it's like saying, your third child is really annoying to me, so just go bury him in a hill. You shouldn't have ever had that third child. And just I get would rid of say him. that, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the movie, <laughs> it's no reflection on the movie that it has predecessors. It is what it is. It's its own separate piece of art. So any anything you're, you're pulling up in your brain to compare it, that's your own thing. It has no reflection on this movie. It shouldn't. But it does, and if that's your negative on it, that people will keep bringing And the it thing up. is, I don't find Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man movies to be amazing, because they're really, really all over the place. Like, the first one, I really like. The second mm-hmm. one's alright. But take the, the first one on its own. You yeah, love I like it. that one, yeah. No, yeah, you... I not love it. Like it. Like it. You loved it at the time. 
Yeah, but I thinking back, I don't love it now. Because it, it's dated, it's, it is dated, in no, a way. especially the special effects. Because they're actually fairly... change your view of it when you loved it? It just happens, it. like Lord of the Rings. I changed my view of Lord <laughs> yes. of the Rings. It just happens. I get, when I go back to something, especially something that is special effects heavy, and it's ten years old, and I see it now, and it's ragdolling all over the place, and it just looks weird. It actually does change my mind on it. Like it's like, yeah, that was as good as you could do back then. But now, obviously, in this movie, the Spider-Man uh, animations and stuff are way better because we've progressed a long way, right? Um, and you know, a Spider-Man movie lives and dies on Spider-Man swinging around the city. That's what it's about, right? I want to see Spider-Man being Spider-Man. I don't actually secondary seeing the story of Peter Parker for me I, w- I want to see Spider-Man Spider-Man's on the cover I want to see Spider-Man right now you want to see that but in the beginning you loved the origin of Peter Parker turning into Sp- that was like your favorite part I did and I, I don't think they did it justice in this one that was my whole point yeah I, I think it's very brief um, it, it basically comes down to a montage with Coldplay playing in the background um, and it's it's a two and a half hour movie and they lose about what See, I disagree. I felt like there was loads of origin coming happening. Loads of it. There was, but not the kind that I like to see, I guess. Right. It's like, you know, I always have a problem. They never delve into it enough, the the learning to be Spider-Man or learning to be whoever, right? And in this, they didn't. They used a lot of it. They used a lot of the upfront part before the plot started to happen on introducing him and his family and, and which we kind of know about anyway right I mean yeah there are a few twists no, you have to subtract <clears throat> that you know anything because you're going in this theater as a person who I know you do but we've all read the comics we've all no we haven't I haven't read well, one single I know but I haven't so when I go to that theater and say I didn't see Sam Raimi's movies Sam Raimi's movies and I've never read the comic I'm just going in to take my the kids my kid or whatever bloom I need all of it. Right, it well, then, be, for, then it for a fan like for me, you, for a fan like me, it kind of bores me a little bit because I know the, thing, I know then. all that. Well, well, no, it's probably more than me who feels that way. I know. I don't mean you specifically. I mean it's the person's fault, problem, not fault, but you have to look at it as its own thing. It doesn't belong to anything. It is what it is. It has to be its own thing because there are millions of people who've never experienced it before and it's not to cater to you like you're not spider-man fans aren't special the whole world is what the movie's for and you just come along for the ride because it's one more entry in the spider-man world and blah 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 that's fine but you're not more important you not you as a group than someone like me who just sort of sees each one as like a new telling of you saying it's all about you (laughs) <laughs> Again, <laughs> me representing the whole right, core okay. of humanity, the, uh, the rest of humanity who aren't people who've read it before. Right, so um, I just felt it was overly long. I, I don't know, it felt long to me, and I, I enjoy um, superhero movies in a big you know, big way. And, and The Avengers is a two and a half hour movie. It felt like ten minutes. It was chock-a-block full of stuff. This one just seemed to meander along a bit. And then the actual... Um, thing that he's uh, he's yeah. arch enemy or whatever in this I found it less interesting than other enemies that Spider-Man have got now other enemies that Spider-Man has will probably come in sequels to this obviously um, 
And this is just the kind of first course kind of baddie. Um, but it fell into a lot of the uh, things that I don't like about movies. Um, the finale of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it looked great and it was fun to watch. But I, it was so predictable. I just know what's going to happen all the time. Did, don't but you we feel? all know it anyway. No, we don't know that because we changed mean, it. I don't mean because I I know I'm saying I still say I still haven't seen Spider Man or anything. I don't know anything about that specifically. But I'm going to a superhero movie. I'm going to see a movie about a a vigilante superhero. I'm into the story. I get it. He's saving people, and it's sort of counter to the police. And there's going to be this, oh, there's a big bad guy. And it's very, it's sort of balancing out his superpower thing with this other guy thing. And my superhero has to win. I mean. No, he doesn't. No, I'm saying. But that's your, that's the, the thing of the tale. In fact, in fact, Spider-Man, the other Spider-Man series, had a very low point in it. I know, but this isn't that. This is this. So as I'm sitting watching right, this. Right, I'm saying he doesn't have to win. Well, he does, because you're still comparing to that. I'm no, I'm not comparing it to that. I'm saying he, there's no rules. You can do what you want in this movie. I disagree. And that would be a better... Because you're setting up. We know. No, there's no rules. You can write this movie uh, however you want. It's going back to square one and write this movie as as a new origin story. But they're still Spider-Man. basing it on Spider-Man's world. Well, yeah. Spider-Man doesn't die. Uh, in Spider-Man... I mean, permanently die forever and ever. Because then there wouldn't be comic after comic after comic. I'm after not talking comic. about making him die. I'm talking about he doesn't have to actually win every time. You're talking about like the end of uh, uh, Jedi Strikes Back or whatever. No, Empire that's Strikes Empire Back. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, which is the dark tale. Right. The... That's the second. That's the second phase of yeah. that story. Yeah. Well, and that's very common. <laughs> now it's only that's very be like common the... to have a dark second phase. That'll be the fifth phase of that whole series. But I'm saying. I just disagree with you. Right. So, well, I'm, I'm, we have to establish that Spider-Man is a superhero who can be who is to be contended with, and that this really ultra-powerful foe, even though it's it's difficult, it's a bit of a struggle. We ha- we know we just kind of instinctively know, you know, we have the good guy needs to somehow have some power here. Now, he can't just be like me, because I'm not a superhero. He needs to be something else. What I thought was good about the movie, though, the positive points were... The, I like the cast. M- mostly everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were a better cast. Just just a really good cast. I like the new guy who plays Spider-Man. And I liked the uh, the special effects that just went over... I mean, I had a problem with the special effects in Old Spider-Man. In this one, I don't have a problem with them. Uh, if I did have a problem with special effects in this movie, I found that they made things really dark a lot of the time. Because they wanted a gritty, yeah, uh, real-world feel. I agree. It, a, a lot of it takes place in the dark. Even the spectacle part is yeah, in the dark. in yeah. the dark or in the shadows. or you know, to, and it, Almost like they're trying to cover something up. Like, it doesn't look as good as you might imagine, but they're trying to... I'm, I'm sure it's fine, but... Yeah, it's a lot of fighting in gloomy, dark alleys. It's a lot of... Do you ever think, when they're making it and editing it, that the equipment they're using, and I'm not bullshitting here, that the computers they're using, the monitors they're looking at them on, the PCs that they're, because that's where they're doing all their editing and their crunching, that what they see is ultimately, like, this most amazing, looks different than by the time it filters to us. No. Because I think that sometimes, because you're watching some scenes and I'm thinking, 
They're not even trying. There's not even a... Sometimes you think, oh, it's dark because, oh, all of a sudden I have this area over here of contrast where I'm supposed to go look, and I get that. But this had sort of a... There were times when you're like, I don't know. Now, this this was actually in 3D in the theaters, too. And with it being like, like a real dark movie, as in... I don't, mm-hmm. Dark in tone, dark in actual look. I imagine the 3D was... I mean, they're dark scenes. The yeah, a lot of dark scenes. A lot, like... Not comparing, but the other Spider-Man. The reason it felt real comic bookish, there was no dark scenes hardly, apart from Spider-Man 3. If you think of Spider-Man 1, it's all bright light, daylight, everything. Even him swinging through the city, maybe that's why it looked kind of bad. Yeah. Because you see everything. It's super bright. It's middle of the day all the time. Here, it's mostly nighttime. Mostly. In fact... Does it ever break out of nighttime? Like it just felt nighttime to me. Like yeah, I mean, I mean, there are scenes with people talk. Are they big action scenes in the daytime? Yes, one in the school. Yeah, but they're in the school where it's kind of dark. So it's, I know, and I understand it because they were trying to portray it like, you know, realistic. Like it's not like yeah, super colorful and bright. It's more like real. But um, I think it is in its detriment sometimes that because I, I'm like. Not just because, you know, it, it looks dark. It just feels, like, gloomy to me. Like and it makes a little it bit claustrophobic. Like, the, yeah, like the threat isn't bigger than what we're... It's not as contained. Or I feel like they're trying to cover something up always. Like, I always think... Are they trying to... Are the special effects not as good as what I think? Are they making it dark on... You know, like, you know when they're finishing off scenes and they go, well, if we had a bit of shadow in there, nobody will notice... Are they doing that, or is it just... I don't know, because uh, when it is bright, it looks... I'm talking it... about the lizard guy, because he looks really good. Yeah, he looks really good. I'm just talking about, like, when they're having a fight and stuff. In... Yeah. Like, on the Avengers, for instance. They're in the middle of the city, it's daytime, everything you see on the screen is occurring, and there's no... It's... What's that over there? Transformers What's that over there? Is also yeah, there's none of the that. Day. It's just like, wow, uh, we're seeing everything, I can't believe this is happening. Here, it's like, oh, we're having a fight in the dark. Like, oh, and th- and then they're fighting in an office building. And then they knock all the lights out as they're running along. And then it's even darker. Like, yeah. It, so, so it's just like, I just felt there was a lot of that in this. So, I, yes, it feels claustrophobic. It feels grim, kind of. Um, it's, it's just weird. I, I like it maybe a bit. Maybe after seeing the Avengers this year, where everything really did take place right in front of your very eyes and you're like wow look at New York just getting yeah messed up in the middle of the daytime so um I have like mixed feelings about this I enjoyed it but it felt very predictable obviously because and like you say I'm maybe not the audience for it because I already know the stories um what do you expect well I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I expect I don't expect this from these people, um, but I'll I'll tell you a fantastic way of telling a superhero story, the Dark Knight trilogy. I did not expect that. That is a way of telling a superhero story in an intelligent way, in a different way. It's almost it, it, that's possibly the best. I think I've only seen the first one. You've seen all of the Dark Knight. <laughs> you watched the Dark Knight and Batman Begins with me. I thought there's three. There is, but we, the next one's out in a couple of weeks. I haven't weeks. seen them all, so I'm saying. Right, you've seen two of them. I don't remember the second one. Yeah, you do. The Dark Knight with um, Heath Ledger. 
I remember he's in it. I we don't reviewed remember. it. We've got a podcast. No, about I don't it. remember it. How was can you not remember? It's like amazing. Was that the second one? Yeah, that's the second one. The Batman the Begins one. is the first one, and then The Dark Knight is the second one. In the first one, is it the Scarecrow guy? And yeah, yeah, okay, okay, because I feel like that one's separate. Because the one with Heath Ledger is the one I remember. To me, that's the first one. No, that's the second one. So that's why I'm thinking I've only seen. But one. anyway, that that was a surprise for me. Like that's. Oh, that's a realistic way of telling a superhero story, yet it's intelligent in the same time. Like, it, And it, it feels like it's but not... But what's unpredictable about it? The whole thing was unpredictable to me. The, the, it, it's not the Batman story I know. It's not the... You know, it's not the, it's not the straight-up telling of the Batman story. And the way it is done is a lot different to Spider-Man. The way Spider-Man or the Avengers or the whole car is it's a different way of telling a superhero story. And I don't expect that because that is exceptional and it's over there on its own and Christopher Nolan did that and it's amazing. But this was a, another... The Amazing Spider-Man was another... We've just been... This story's just been told in the last ten years. It was a great opportunity to tell the story very differently. I don't feel like they achieved that. I feel they they did do like let's be different, but it wasn't enough. Yeah, for I don't me. think they're trying to get your attention though. They're tr- they're going for that that age group, aren't they? Eighteen. They to are, and I think that's where for me it's. I don't even maybe even sixteen to twenty. I don't know sixteen to twenty five. It's more. It's very so. It's very technology cool. oriented. Man, mm. yeah, I didn't feel the coolness so much because it was integrated pretty well. I felt like I mean technology and all that was reasonable. You know, using the computer, using the phone. Everybody had a Sony, everything, I've noticed. See, I don't notice that kind of shit. That's just, that's like your mind, though. Because the Sony written on the screen. Right, but I don't notice that. That doesn't bother me. I don't go like, oh god, everything's Sony, how unrealistic. I don't well, think like that. It's not but um, I'm just saying it's a Sony picture, so obviously they put Sony. I always notice it. It drives me mad, especially when I watch a James Bond movie and everything that he's mm-hmm. got is Sony. It's like, I understand you've got to put your own products in the movie, but it kind of... Just for once, just one time, give him something else. Yeah, but oh. it don't. It doesn't bother me. So. Right? Yeah, it's just a pet peeve of mine. The product placement, you know, um, and you know, original Sam Raimi Spider Man. That was the king of product placement. There were sure. McDonald's cups strewn yeah, around. I- it was real, very, um, you know, marketing. So yeah, this kind of missed the mark for me a little bit, even though I liked the people in it and stuff. I, um, I still am not convinced that if you'd erase your memory, those three other ones, that you wouldn't like it more. Yeah, but I'm not super excited about a sequel to this now. And it does set it up for right, a sequel but, at the end. It's set, you know, there's a bit after the credits sure. that, where you go, oh, they're going to do another one of these. I'm interested because I really like I'm interested, Spider-Man but game. I'm not wild. Like, uh, can't, I got to have the tickets now. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for this. What do you have that feeling for? A lot of movies. For example? Any Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, the Hobbit. Um, you feel like right now you got to have the tickets and wait in line for it? I don't mean... I mean, <laughs> a, 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 I got to see Looking this. Forward I to want it. to see the next thing... The next Batman movie. Maybe you're uh, just over Spider-Man in general. No, I'm not, because he's actually one of my favourites. He's, he's, I always liked Spider-Man. It was one of the first comics I ever read. It was... I just like... I like it, but yeah, it's very similar to a lot of the. What do you like about like the cert, like specific bad guys or his actual 
his actual him. life story. That he's Peter Parker and that part of it. or Yeah, all of that. Um, and, I you know, this is the different version of it where he where it's, he's meets up with Gwen Stacy rather than MJ. Thank goodness. Yeah. But she could have just been MJ too. I mean... No, no. I didn't like the MJ idea at all. I right. didn't like a little waitress actressy girl. I didn't like her. I didn't like... Ugh. I always dislike that. And I like this girl a lot. But I, well, I have to say, positively, the special effects I really liked. There are some good action scenes in this movie. Um, there are some really fun action scenes, too. But then again, it's like super uneven. Sometimes Spider-Man's being a goofball. Sometimes yeah, I didn't like, like I, that. I didn't... It, it felt like... what There's a whole thing where he's being a complete goofball. Firing, like, webs at somebody's boo, boo. dick. And yeah. boo, 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 and being funny and stuff. Like, then again, he's an 18-year-old boy. Yeah, and doing his one-liners. But then he never does that again. He did. Even when he was fighting, he's made a couple one-liners. I mean, he made some comments, but he never... It's like goofy, it's not goofy. I, I don't know. It was well, just a bit... to me, as I was watching it, the goofiness was going on and he was like, oh, look at me, I'm, I can be Spider-Man, ha ha ha. Then he saves somebody, you know? And then it was like, oh crap, I, this isn't a joke. Yeah, this is like that, real that was what they were getting. So that's what happened to the goofiness. Just, I guess it was a bit quick. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I like... I don't know. I, I, I always thought... When they said they were making another Spider-Man. That we didn't need another Spider-Man. And after watching this, I feel that we didn't need another Spider-Man. That's what I feel like. Okay. But I don't think that... So then you went into it with a negative attitude. No. No, because I was ready to... I was like, you know, this is probably going to be alright. Like, it's Spider-Man. How can it be not? Yeah, but you're already thinking it doesn't shouldn't exist, so it's got to have some negative. No, impact. I always thought that. Like, why are we making a Spider-Man right, so, so quick? So you've got a bit of a resistance already, whether you like it or not. It's there. Okay, prove to me you should exist. And I'm sure a lot of people have not seen the original. Um, not the original, because there was ones before that. Those, I mean, last decades Spider-Mans. There are kids of today who don't never saw those, um, and this is their introduction into Spider-Man, and that's cool because these will go on for the next ten years, right? We'll get. Three or four of these, probably. So it, it the story is generational, right? It carries on. That's good. You know, that's what Stan Lee wants. Mm. That's why, if you go back over all the Spider-Man comics, they just retell it over and over and over and change it a little bit and retell it again and change it a little bit. The movies are just doing exactly what the comics are doing. So in that respect, I, I like it because Spider-Man's story deserves to be told all the time. You know, it's good, right? Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's quite, maybe... It's really fun. It's uh, interesting. I don't think it's fun at all. I think it's super depressing. Like, loads of people die. Very horrible things happen to the people in this particular family. As in, people die, and lots of grief, and lots of regret, and loneliness. I I, I just mean the Spider-Man actually thinking when you're a kid. Oh, imagine being a superhero. Imagine having this power. Imagine, but imagine your parents being dead, and then your uncle being dead, and then your aunt is alone and vulnerable, and you've been genetically modified by a spider bite, and now you've got every bad guy on the planet coming after you. Your life is a secret. You can never love the woman you want. How are these things fun? Right, but I'm just thinking superficially <laughs> of jumping off a building. Precisely, but that's not, you know, when I digest the story... It's all that. So I think it should be completely dark and no goofiness whatsoever. Although I did like this one. In fact, I feel like I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the 
not more than I enjoyed the first Spider-Man before, but like the feeling of enjoyment. And the only reason for that, I felt like I didn't like the one-liner goofy things because they didn't seem to just, it was a little bit too flippant at times. And I didn't feel enough dark, the grief of, of these things that came out here and there was really good. Parents missing, well, you know, Uncle dead. And the reaction to that was good, but it wasn't like elongated enough. So, but other than that, I really like the girl. I like her a lot. I think I like it the, skipped. I like from, the one-armed guy. I think I it skipped him. from scene to scene a lot. This one, but I know they've got a lot to tell you in the in a you know two and a half hours. But then when I think back, there's not really a lot to tell nope. you. Nope. Because it, it's you know you could it, it's it's a pretty comic book story as in it's not deep. It's pretty it's pretty like page to page, isn't it? You know, quick a quick mm-hmm. story. So um, yeah, but. They, for me, they managed to make it feel long, which is weird. And I disagree with that completely, because I felt it was just right. I really like... The only things that I feel extended, which I often do, are the fight scenes. I can do it without them, but it didn't make me... I was sort of like, okay, I'm done with the fighting, but... So I'm going to keep watching this lizard guy and just be fascinated by that. And so I kind of kept my eye on that. So moving on to... So you like it I a did, lot. Yeah. Better than Raimi's ones. No, I'd say... It's completely different to Raimi's ones. I don't think... I think. I don't would... compare it as in, like, quality of it. I'm just thinking of my experience. And I'm comparing it to other feelings I've had, like, with Transformers and Avengers. That, all these big, you know... And I feel like it's it's up there. And the Raimi, the Raimi ones are, are super corny and uh, jokey and one-linery. They, but that... You know, you kind of get that from the offset with those, and it kind of... Sets it, it up, yeah. Sets it up, but it does go a bit out of control in, as it goes on. But yeah, you know what you're getting kind of thing from the beginning of it. Now this one, you know what you're getting from it at the beginning of it too. A more darker, sinister kind of version of Spider-Man, right? That's what it feels like. I don't know if sinister's right, but... Gloomy. It's more grounded. Gloomy. And it wasn't gloomy enough for me. Yeah, those are some rain and dark clouds. Oh, that doesn't make it gloomy to me. Um, Thematically and reactions and interactions need to be more gloomy for me. But other than that, I liked it. So the cast of this movie, Andrew Garfield plays Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Um, you would not think he was a British guy. He does a fantastic... No, he does. Like, when he's doing his American accent. Now that no... you've said that, there are people going, he's British? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've... You know, known that since the social network, um, and it, yeah, in there, he, you just—he's one of those actors. You know, he, he doesn't sound like he's putting on a accent. No, you would never, in real life, if he talked to you, you would never go. Hold on a second, are you? He's being like the moody sort of a new generation of Christian Slater, a new generation of the other guy who's like Christian Slater. I never remember his name, but uh, that sort of moody um, Bale. Christian Bale. No. Um, James Dean. That oh. sort of moody 128 hours cool. guy. Well. Well, kind of nerdy in this also. Yeah. Um, James Dean. For real. The real James Dean. The guy who played James Dean. The actors who have this sort of broody, damaged, um, would you call them emo a little bit maybe? They're pretty emotional and maybe... The kind Franco, of, you're talking about. Yes, yes. Um, who happened to be in the other Spider-Man he did, movies. Yeah. Um, 
And I really like that. Whereas versus, you know, younger men who have sort of a the guy who plays the jock, that attitude I'm glad is not a part of our right. hero or the bad guys or anything. I like the sort of like scientist. And that's nerdy. Wh- and that's what it's always been. And a lot of Stanley's stories are. Yeah. The underdog <laughs> is the guy, the not the, guy jo- not the, the jock who gets all the girls, the other guy. Yeah. yeah, It's the other guy. So, yeah, that's just the running theme, isn't it? But, um, yeah, I like Andrew Garfield. I think he's fantastic in The Social Network. If you've not seen that, you should go back and see that. He's really a good actor. Um, so then Emma Stone plays Gwen Stacy, and she's way so much better than the um, MJ character. Oh, my God. And the, Amazing. Even the performance of it. <laughs> what did you say? Why is she wearing porno boots? Yeah, she had porno boots on, man. Or she, anime porno boots. Because in the comic, Gwen Stacy was the sexy kind of chick. Yeah, she's 18 as well. She is, yeah. Potentially 17. And she always wore like, thigh-high stockings and boots all the time in the comics. That's so, not healthy for a grown men to draw 17, 18-year-old girls with thigh-high stockings on. That's not good. So in this, in this. So when I'm movie, like, oh, right? she's a senior in high school. Why is she wearing those thigh-high stockings and those boots and the tight short? We're not talking skirt. about stripper stockings. We're talking about like, long socks. Right? Uh, they're like stripper stockings. Yeah. All she didn't have was a garter belt. Doesn't make them non-strippery. Right. Any but, woman watching it is going to go, oh my god, I would never let my 18 year old daughter wear that yeah, to school. Probably. <laughs> Definitely. And she's got a real short skirt. Exactly, yeah. and a really tight sweater, and yeah. you're just like, what? So, um, but um, yeah. Other than that, I like really liked her. Yeah, and she, you know, Gwen Stacy's just a different attitude to MJ. She's not a damsel in distress, even though in this... No, no, she... He picks her up a couple of times, but it's not like, oh yeah. my god, I'm ah, screaming. It's not that. And all moody and shit. In fact, she will, she's got her own mind, and she will not do what you say, like where he tells her Correct. to do something, and she's like, no, uh, I'm, yeah. rest, I'm doing this instead. I'm doing what's right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a different attitude to MJ. Who's, who will just scream and wait for you to rescue her. And I like the father character, Dennis Miller. Dennis O'Leary. I'll put, I'll put him next. Yeah, Dennis Leary plays Captain Stacy. So, so, yeah. He's it's good. You know. I like him. Uh, I, w- I miss the newspaper guy, but I guess he'll come along later. I really yeah, like yeah, the actually, I guy. never even realized that he, he there was no portrayal <laughs> yeah. of him at all. Was it? Because nobody but that's seen what the this top guy is. Yeah, is the he is, yeah. yeah, but I really like. I liked him. I thought, oh god, here he's going to be over the top because that's how Dennis Leary often is. But no, I thought he was really. Cut he's been it doing just Rescue right. Me for a few years now, yeah. and he's a, you know it's more of a serious role for him. So he's kind of got into that yeah groove of yeah. is that is that serious? I thought it was like a comedy. No, it's a um like the Sons of Anarchy or like it, oh, it, it's it? like a drama, you know, about a firehouse. Right, so yeah. and he's. Yeah, he's Troubles probably... And, yeah, okay. but it's more serious than... So, yeah, he's probably got into that. But, yeah, he doesn't seem hokey, no, does I he? I felt like he did a really good job. Um, and then we have got... Um, who else we got? Reese Ifans as the lizard slash Dr. Kirk <laughs> Connors. Really good. Yeah, he is really, really good. Really good. I, it's one of, actually the best thing about it for me. I really liked him. Um, he's he's pushing my uh, Davy Jones guy up there. Love actually, dude. I'm, I'm liking him... Like in the same category, Davy Jones, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, he's <laughs> Reese Ifans in um, Love Actually. No, he's not, but mm-hmm. he was in Pirate Radio. Correct, and he was in yeah. Nottingham Hill. Nottingham, Nottingham. Hill. <laughs> Nottinghamshire Hill. <laughs> Don't forget Sally Field. I've I've not, I've not finished yet. Okay. So, and then we've got the parents of um, Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker slash Spider Man, and that would be uh, Sally Field as Aunt May no. and Martin Sheen as. They're Uncle. not the parents. Uh, sorry, the um, Aunt uncle and, and auntie. 
Uh, I always feel that think of them as his parents, but they're not. I was going to say, why are you mentioning his parents? They yeah. were in there for like one minute. I just think of them as his parents, yeah. And Martin Sheen plays Uncle Ben. Um, both good. good. Both good. I, th- yes, I, I actually good. Um, think when they're playing as a couple together, it felt just right. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, when you think of them as actors in Hollywood, they've been around, Same seriously, ages. 40 yeah. years. And... Um, I think they just had a thing, and you've got to imagine, like, oh my god, we're in a Spider-Man movie. Did you think when you were in Apocalypse Now, and when I was in Norma Ray, that we would ever be doing a Spider-Man? You know, like, that kind of thing. But I felt like they both toned it down, what they could. Like, he was pretty low tone in the one we just watched as well, which I didn't love. But Which um, was uh, the end of the world. So yeah, Seeking, seeking a, a Friend. friend right, where he plays the father. And even though it's a, it's a, a very subtle difference... It really is a difference. Like, I feel like he really digs in to find a thing about... He's a good actor. This, oh, he's just intense. Intense, but in this one, he is just right. Like, I'm convinced he's a dude who his brother walked in one night, handed him his son, and walked away. Yeah. And left him there, or whoever, brother-in-law, or whatever, because he's the uncle, so he's the brother or brother-in-law. And, um... There's a scene where he sat out on the porch and uh, oh, yeah. and Garfield comes, uh, Peter Parker comes back and he just like yells at him for for you know his aunt for yep. something. That's like a very realistic. Absolutely. I was like, wow, that's pretty good. You I know? felt like, have you yelled at Charlie a few times for that? Things? Yeah, exactly. Emilio Estevez. Should have yelled at Charlie. Should have yelled at him more. Yeah, really... <laughs> <laughs> Are you better uncle in this movie than you were a father in yeah. real life? Because Charlie needs some discipline. But yeah, no. I, thought, I really liked. It. I would like now. To be honest with you, I want to see another movie featuring Martin Sheen. I know he's been doing a lot of TV and stuff, but I mean he's the main character, but not like uh, all about Schmidt or something like that. But I mean like a drama, something where he's you know at the heart of it. And Sally Field, I want to see more of her now again. They definitely worked. I, I hope they're in. I hope they continue <laughs> to use them. <laughs> they won't. We can't. Maybe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They can, you know, I don't want to spoil anything. But, well, no, it's not really spoiling. I think you said it about three times. So, yes. um, yeah, maybe they'll use flashbacks. Is what I was getting at. Yeah, because they do. If you think, remember yeah. in the other one, they they do flashbacky. So this is directed by Mark Webb, who also directed Five Hundred Days of Summer. I've not heard, for, I've not seen Five Hundred Days of Summer, but everybody tells me it's like um, Paul Hayes. You have not seen Five Hundred Days of Summer. <laughs> You like Magnolia and things like that, and you haven't seen 500 Days. I've not seen it. It's a comedy. Um, but apparently it's very... It's, people have said it's li- like a life-changing thing, and I've just not seen it. <laughs> I should see it. But he directed that, and next he directed this. And that's a very small comedy, and this is like the, one of the big big films, mm-hmm. isn't it? So uh, how does it... I always wonder how a director transitions from that to this and actually gets the job done. You know? Just the quality of what he did. Yeah, like somebody said, wow, that, that was a really good movie, but how does somebody go, that was a really good comedy movie, he'd be great for Spider-Man. I don't think it works that way exactly. Uh, but... I always wonder how they pick directors. So yeah, I can't comment on Mark Webb, I think the direction of this movie is pretty good. Pretty generic though. It is. It's... There are some places where you are basically fly on the shoulder, and I like that, to kind of show... How confusing it would be to be flying through Actually, the streets and jumping that is from... a thought that popped that into I my really head watching it. this movie was, I love these first-person parts, but why are they so short? Like, do more of them. I, I wouldn't have been overused. It felt underused. I, would, I think it was just right. And 
obviously they would have been a showcase for the 3D in the theatre, I imagine. I bet those parts look really mm-hmm. cool in 3D, you know, because it's, it's looking through the eyes of Spider-Man, right, and seeing stuff go down. Um, and there are a few shots in this movie where I, w- I was like, oh, yeah, that's because of 3D. Oh, I didn't even know. So didn't and a lot of it was in, like, you know, the interfaces uh, where they were like, like minority report, touchscreen stuff. All, that always looks good in 3D. And if you look at any of like, the good 3D movies, Avatar has those screens where they push things around and stuff. It looks really good. They did it in this. They did it in Prometheus. You know, I don't think it looks fine though in the 2D. It does, but I, I feel like they... You know when they're thinking of like, oh, we've yeah. got to give the value of money for the 3D thing? Those are the <laughs> yeah. things that look good in 3D, you know? Um, so uh, DVD or Blu-ray extras in this case. Um, this is the Blu-ray DVD Ultraviolet... Um, I love this slipcover. It's got like a slipcover with Spider-Man on it, and it's like textured like his suit would be, like rubbery. Um, looks really good. So um, you get some Blu-ray exclusive extras. You get the uh, second screen app, which I'm not a big fan of this second screen app thing because when I watch a movie, I don't want to look at something else. Do you agree? Absolutely. The third, fourth time of watching this movie, maybe... You know, I can look at the concept art while it's on and stuff. And this has that. Um, and it's for the iPad and the Android tablets. So I'm going to go and have a look at it and see what it's like. Uh, maybe it'll change my mind. Then there's something called Rite of Passage. The Amazing Spider-Man Reborn, which is a 90-minute um, in-depth making of. Um it goes through all post-production, visualization. We saw the clip about the uh, suit Yep. Designing the suit. Artwork. Everything you want to know. Now, it's a, it's a, as long, you know, it's a feature length uh, making of. Then there's the pre-visualization sequences, which are pre-vis stuff. Which, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, yeah. And then there's uh, deleted scenes, quite a few of them. Nothing, it's not major stuff. I mean, it never is now, is it, with deleted scenes? Like, the deleted scenes, because... Yeah. They deleted scenes because they weren't good enough or they were just longer versions of what's already in there. That's most of what deleted scenes are these days. Yeah. There's an audio commentary with the director and the producers throughout the whole movie. There's stunt rehearsals, which is one of the best that extras really on this. If you were um, It was only good. It was mostly good because it shocked us. Yeah. That there were dudes hanging off cranes doing the spider swing just in a parking lot over yeah. moving vehicles and banging into the bus. Just dudes. And it, if subtract, like, the special effects and stuff, it's just, you know, stuntmen, like parkour runners. Practicing, yeah. Type dudes. And if you just just sit back and look at it, it's exactly what's happening in the movie, just without the spider suit and stuff, right? It's the, It looks the same. And they're not, see, they're real people doing it. Yeah, and, and that's <laughs> yeah. what's amazing, because I was like, well, no, it's just all CG. It's all rendered in the computer. And they work out the moves in the computer. No, they get guys and, and then cap- motion capture them, right? Or, you know, photograph them and then they can see how somebody would swing. That's the point. They should motion capture them while they're doing that. That way you get every... the limbs I'm assuming on. they did, but that was... They, the clips that we saw were like, you know, we've got to show the higher-ups how it would look when he's swinging. That kind of thing. Oh, we've got to show the special effects team what Oh, I don't think to. that's what... Those were the stunt practices. How are we going to work out what it... How many times is he going to roll alongside the bus? That's what I mean, because they practices. I imagine they yeah. do capture them, capture their movements later for the computer. But it's really interesting to see somebody just swinging from car to car, or swinging from... The crane, wherever it was. Yeah, the underneath of the... What do you call that in uh, Brooklyn, where it's underneath the... 
the A train or the L train or whatever is swinging underneath the, <laughs> just a real guy doing Spider-Man and I said to you that guy goes to work <laughs> he gets to be and he is him. actually Spider-Man for the day like that's what he's he doing he swings his feet back and then he pulls himself forward and then reaches out and grabs another chain because then... you do have to see like our you know a guy of a certain weight doing that he behaves a certain way and yeah, like how do you get your body to swing far enough how do you kick your legs how do you move your arm yeah, and how far does it go when you swing and when we saw the old spider-man the raimi ones we always had a problem with the rubber doll kind of looking spider-man in this one he didn't look rubber doll just a very very little slight, bit but mostly not i thought yeah. even when he was fighting and it was like and he was doing so many different moves he's up on the ceiling he's down on the floor he's there were a few little wobbly moments, but yeah. No, if you go back and look at... And I, I did. It was on FX one day. And I was watching the Raimi one. And it was that... You know the, the hero shot? The very last scene where he swoops through the city and he's... Yeah. And they did it in this one too. If you showed them side by side, you'd be like, oh my, what were they thinking with that one? Yeah. Because that one is just... Yeah, how like can a they video let that game. go out the door? Looks like a video game. This one actually looks like yeah. Spider-Man swinging around. Um... And then we've got um, the Oscorp Archives Production Art Gallery. It's an art gallery you can go through and look at concept drawings of the suit, the locations. There's lots of stuff in there. If you um, take the formula Stanley used, and a lot of people still do to this day, I reckon you could still make up, even though in the end it had the art, the English teacher saying what Stanley's philosophy is as well. There are only about ten stories we can tell. Yep. That's it. But she says, there's actually only one. Who am I? And that is it, isn't it? The heart of every single story is about a character and choices, and that's it. And then you have some branches of what can actually go on. And actually... Um, and I feel like I could, you could formulate a story. I could formulate a story. You put all the right pieces together. You know, Harry Potter, she wrote that story from her mind. Yep. A new whole... Not a new story, but plugging in new elements. And I just think... Even though we're watching Spider-Man again and again, that should inspire somebody to go, well, I can take that formula. Yes, it sounds boring, but I want to make up a whole new everything. I want to make up a brand new, unimaginable to anyone else but me. and Come up with a new hero and a new bad guy and a new conflict and kind of... It actually makes me wonder why, like... Do we get new heroes anymore? I was just about to say, occasionally they do. Um, New. And yes, they introduce new things and stuff. But they never introduce a new... Like, they don't put all the money into going like, look, we're going to have this new flagship hero that we create from scratch this year. John Carter was supposed to be one, right? Well, no, he was from a book. Edgar Wright Burroughs' book from back in the 50s or whatever. True. What I mean is, like, we never get, like, Stan Lee now say, listen, like, as Marvel, as a studio, we're going to create a brand new superhero. One that's straight out of my imagination that I've not created before, and he is going to be... Maybe they do, and we just don't keep up with them. Or it just doesn't... Well, we don't... I mean, it never gets to be yeah. as big as a Spider-Man or something from back then. But that's what I'm saying, that J.K. Rowling did. She created yeah. him. The Matrix people made the Matrix. Um, you know what I mean? As you go along, people are, but it seems like we keep going yeah, back we go to back. classic, which everyone identifies with. We all find it interesting, or most people find it interesting. But still, every once in a while, you get like this brand new wave of, like, whoa, well, Avatar. Brand yeah, new. That's what I mean. You when, know, when it's old story, brand new elements yeah. to the story. Um, so um, yeah, the good extras on the Blu-ray. If you're a fan of this movie, you'll like all those extras. There's a lot of stuff, commentaries, all that kind of stuff. Um, so in conclusion, on Spider-Man, I enjoyed it. 
but it's not my favourite Spider-Man. But there again, I've got a preconceived Spider-Man yes, thing. Um, on its own, if you can. On its own, it's fun. Yeah. I, I just say it's fun. But there again, it, it's absolutely not... Like, I, Spider-Man 3, I, I've said lots of times, I dislike it. The last Spider-Man. I dislike that Spider-Man. I can't get into it. I What's that got to do with this one? I'm just about to say. This one... Um, is better than that for me. I enjoy it more than that. So, I really hate this other one, but this one I like better than the one I hate. I'm saying I enjoy it more than That's that. That's not a huge compliment. No, it's not a huge compliment. I enjoy it more than that, but I still enjoy Raimi's first one the most. Right. But what about this one? Like, if you were saying, I as an think, experience. I think it's... Not comparing to anything If I was a kid, else. I think it would be amazing. Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man. As somebody who's already got preconceived notions and seen lots of other Spider-Mans and read Spider-Man, it's real mediocre for but me. But should it exist that way? It just does, doesn't it? You can't help it. I can help it. Well, I'm not. Me? Eight-year-old. It's all uh, about me. I'm not eight-year-old me. <laughs> yeah, but you're not me either. Like, right. I can compare it on one level and then actually see it as this is a project that these people came together, hundreds of people... Countless hours, lots of money, and they created a new project, maybe some old ideas, but it's a brand new thing, and it needs a chance to be its own thing. You know? That's like saying every time, well, I don't like this Doctor Who because he's not David Tennant. I don't like this Doctor Who because he's not Chris Eccleston. I don't like this Doctor Who because he's not the guy with the scarf. Are you just going to say all the Doctor Who's? Those are the only three I can think of. (laughs) (laughs) Or Celery Man. But I'm saying, you, you kind of need to just love the thing for what it is or don't like the thing for what it is without saying... A middle of the road. It's like me saying to you constantly, I love you so much more than I loved my first husband because you do this better than him. You're better than him at this than that. You're nicer than him. That doesn't fair, is it? All right, so I will I will say... No, no, you're you. You're, you no, what I'm going to say about it... You it, represent it, a huge number of people. Using your guidelines, what I'm going to say about this <laughs> is it's a good, fun Spider-Man movie. But it's not exactly what I was looking for. How about a good, fun movie? That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, but it's not exactly what I... It didn't... It itched the spot in me somehow. Like like the Avengers did this year. Mm-hmm. It kind of... And Batman. And, you know... Well, there's quite a few, actually. Men in Black 3. Thor. Scratched an itch. Lots of those scratched an itch for me. That Captain America. There's something about it after I've watched it where I'm like... Yeah. Satisfied. Yeah. With this, I felt unsatisfied. I almost felt like, okay, the next part of this... I feel like they're tiptoeing around a little bit. Like, they're not just, uh, like, getting right in there and, like... Well, they've got a lot of... They they make... Unfortunately, we make films nowadays to be a franchise, right? Yeah. And to make another one and another one. And already think of the second one while they're making the first one and that kind of thing. That's what this feels like. You know, I feel like, oh... And they do hint at it at the end that the second one's going to be a certain thing. Which sounds really interesting to me. Like I said, I'm not mm-hmm. gagging, I'm not foaming at the mouth to see that second one, but we will. But um, maybe it'll work better as a whole when there's three of them. And I'll go back and watch it and go, wow, that was a good arc, you know, of, of this character growing. Um, I disagree with that philosophy as well. You would? Of course I would, because it's all about me. All right, so um, thanks to Sony for the Blu-ray, and uh, if you want to enter a contest, we are going to have a new contest this week. We're going to thank you, Sony, and tell you that you may only have maybe three products in this room. (laughs) 
that we're sitting in. One, two, three. We have lots of Sony products in this house, actually. No, in this room. We have a monitor, a PlayStation 3, and a PlayStation 3 controller. And that's it. Everything else is not Sony. I have a camera in my my. Is that a Sony camera? Yes. Very well. Okay, we have four <laughs> in this room. We don't have Sony over there. There's no Sony on my desk. We have Logitech. We have Dell. We have whatever that mo- a Microsoft. Is this advertising, Connor? I'm just saying we're not just Sony here. So we've got Ma- I don't know what that is. Brother printer. We got Pledge sitting over there as a decoration. We have got Transformer. Yeah. This is lot. thrilling, Sito. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we made that steering well. <laughs> Logitech. <laughs> yes. Okay then. This is thrilling, though. Okay, the <laughs> listeners love this part of the show. So, okay, if you want to win something, I've got a new contest. It will be on the site on Monday or Tuesday. You want to win something, or do you want to win that? If you want to win a Blu-ray copy of uh, the latest movie Wu Dang, which is a, uh, I can't see without my glasses. Which is a cool, um, well, you know, this company. Uh, they're called Wellgo USA. They power a lot of Asian. Uh, okay. And this is from the. He's the Kari Yuen. He's the action director of the Transporter. So if you like, you know, martial arts, crazy, over-the-top fighting, um, this is a movie for you. I don't think that is going to be anything like Transporter. If you're it's not like a Transporter, but yeah. if you like that kind of action. Because he did all the action for Transporter. Um, this is you put a- it that way, it sounds better than what I just thought it was. No, if you read the synopsis <laughs> of this movie, it actually sounds... Because I really like Transporter, the first one, a lot. If you read the synopsis of this movie, it actually sounds really fun. Um, but it's it's a lot of kung fu. It's got a woman on the back doing kung fu. I'd watch it. Do we have extras? No. So you cannot have one. I'm going to open somebody's prize. <laughs> no. No. I'll take it somewhere and have it resealed. Okay, so Wu Dang, you can win a cup. I've got three Blu-ray copies of Wu Dang to give away. It's a brand new movie. It just came out. Uh, go to the site. And you could perhaps win one. So if you want to take it away from me, so I don't get the chance to watch it, just go fine, do it. So uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be Oliver Stone's Savages. Um, I'm always up for an Oliver Stone movie. He's a bit of a... He's not the perfect director, is he? You know, like, some are amazing, Natural Born Killers. Some are... Natural Born Killers is my favourite Oliver Stone. Natural Born Killers is not amazing to me. By far is my... I can re-watch it over and over again. It's one of my least favourite movies. The soundtrack is astonishing. I could listen to the soundtrack all day. There might be some quality there, but I find it as an experience, it is... It's Tarantino's um, script. I I just really like it. It's, you know, it's... uh, it's because you have an internal thing where you love ultraviolence and horrible shit. And Savages is uh, <laughs> back to that ultraviolent, apparently, for, for Oliver Stone. So I'm really looking forward to that because recently Oliver Stone's done, you know, World Trade Center. What else did he do recently? Don't remember. His last one I wasn't really into, and I can't remember what it was. The one before. Oh, he did Wall Street um, sequel. Hmm. Um, I've yeah. never seen Wall Street. Was, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and Savage is, uh, is his latest one really looking forward to it actually because um, it's got some of my favourite people in there didn't he do Alexander or whatever one of those he did one of those uh, <laughs> he did the one that had to be redone yeah it was Alexander so yeah Oliver Stone's Savages next week uh, memory game movie memory one two three what is this game what does it sound like it me it is one of us says to the other hey can you name three movies that have 
blah, 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 blah in them. And the other one has to say, hey, I will dig up in my own brain the answer to your question. I will not search on Google. I will not look on my phone. I will not look in any electronic device, encyclopedia, or dictionary. I will find it in my brain. That's exactly how it works. And now you're going to ask me... Three movies featuring teenage love. Oh, God. Um... There are loads of them. But I thought it was I thought it was applicable because teenage love applies in Romeo Spider-Man. and Juliet. Yeah. They yes. are. Well I'm thinking of the seventies one. They are definitely teenagers. Um Sixteen Candles. Yes. <laughs> of course I could go with those that whole genre. All very, all, but I was I'll, gonna say I'll all skip them. over those and I'll yeah. think of something more modern. All John Hughes movies. Yeah, <laughs> those but those all together. Something more modern, teenage love. Where it's like the heart of the movie? No, it just features. But yeah, I guess, yeah. A heart of would be better, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm. I'm going to say... What's the one with the... Is it Deep Impact? Where he's a teenager. They have to... He's the one that kind of is in the middle of it. Bilbo Baggins is the... Isn't that him? Uh, I have no idea. Not Bilbo Baggins. Yes, I'll <laughs> I mean, give you that, yes. You know what I'm talking about. No. And he has to marry the young girl and they take the boy, the little baby sibling with them. Oh, that's Deep Impact. Deep Impact, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not about teenage love. And all you're going to say... Why so, would that even come in my mind? You're going to say, give me some more, and I'm <laughs> what I had in my mind was all John Hughes movies. Right? <laughs> oh, Porky's or, you know, those kind of movies. have to be some I'll, t- I'll tell you some more. Friday the 13th movies... Those aren't about love. Well, there's some teenage... You're talking about screwing. That's not love. No, there's some love in... There's, there is some people who love each other. In, you know, you could... I'm thinking of teenagers, actually, who love each other. Right. But definitely John Hughes movies. I'm trying to think of actual, like, teenagers. Spooler. Yeah. That is a nice little love story when you break it down. I like the Charlie Sheen love story. The, uh, yeah. It's love at first sight. <laughs> She's like... <laughs> no, she's like Ugh. Yeah, but still it's like that music. What's that music that plays? Yeah. <laughs> it's like singing her name. Yeah. But it's this moment. Shana. Yeah. So um yeah, teenage love. So movie recommendations this week. I am going with first one, Spider Man. Sam Raimi Spider Man. Oh, second that one is such a surprise. Now the second one, this is a movie that everybody hates and I actually like a lot. Every other human. Most uh, hates, and that is, and that the reason I bring this up is it was the reboot of a major franchise again, and it was um, Superman Returns. You know, people were like, "Oh my, they're going to make Superman again." Nobody could make a Superman better than the Christopher Reeve ones. Then they made Superman Returns. It, every, it was universally panned. People, I don't see the problem with it at all. It's easily as good as the Christopher Reeve ones. Uh, next year, we're getting a new Superman from Zack Schneider, Sucker Punch Guy. Starting again. Starting again. I liked that Superman too, but it did have it to me. I really liked it. And I wasn't comparing because I hold those Supermen in a very special category. They are, excuse me, they are what they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. they have a very special... Yeah, that's a perfect example of when you were a kid and you watched it. It was amazing. And now you watch and you go, oh yeah, my god. Go, but yeah. then you go, it's amazingly hot. Horrible and fantastic at the same time. Yeah. 
I enjoyed the other Superman, the newest one. Um, I did too. And it's I a didn't shame love that... the love interest, and I didn't love that he kept saving people over and over, but I guess that's what Superman does. That's exactly what Superman does, and that's what he should do. Nothing um, will ever compare to the moment when he turns back time and saves a Lois, and he's so upset because she's fallen the in the hole. And I think that's one of my all-time favorite movie moments, when he's just so pissed off that he just... I actually watched it on YouTube like a couple weeks ago just to see it again, and it was just amazing. So your, yours are? Mine are to watch Wonder Woman television show. I haven't seen it for a long time. I Lin- think it's worth it. Linda Carter. Because you have a Wonder Woman there on your wall, and I mm. just think that it's probably one of those, again, that loses its charm, and yet it's a female superhero. I think we should acknowledge some of those, and maybe let's work on that There was a um, future movies. They just did a pilot for a Wonder Woman TV show, 2012 Wonder Woman TV show and uh, the pilot of it's around you can see it um, and it didn't get picked up by the networks you gotta be really really it's good at it it's a bit too cool it. and cheeky and sexy ah uh, right a bit too so you gotta be real it's like what they did with Bionic Woman right and it didn't and last it didn't either. take off like because it's too cool they're it's trying those to be 20 something fuckers that, in those boardrooms just well that's boring that's boring well that, we don't want to be boring we gotta snap you gotta make it pop we gotta ah does anyone yeah. have just big giant hands we go around <laughs> strangling them? Like Anybody who says virtual... make it pop. <laughs> yes. They need to die, right? <laughs> they don't need to die. You know what I've decided? I don't want people to die because of how they are. I would like them to just cease to exist. Yeah. Like, just sort of like... like make it pop. Step it up a notch. About, uh, take it to the next level. 110%. <laughs> all those. Like all when those any things. one of them says it, they all just disappear. And if they say it all in a row, <laughs> they go to hell. Do they even realize? (laughs) Do you know what you are? You are... Everything you're saying has no value. You have counteracted every bit of value you're adding to this world by saying that shit. And by, like, not thinking for yourself. I think if someone were to take on those projects, someone of my age, 45 years old, who remembers what it was... And fill your whole group with people of the same age, with fantastic talents, a lifetime worth of experience, beloved... I mean, television was beloved to us in the 70s and 80s. You know why? We didn't have the internet. We didn't have anything else. Back and you in my to- day, we didn't <laughs> exactly. have anything. We just had the television box. <laughs> we only had TV <laughs> with three channels. And no remote control. And our telephones all had cords on them. I mean, this is crazy old time shit. But I'm saying, take people who are passionate about a thing and go with that. Don't look at your statistics. Don't look at all your demographics. Because that's when people seem to Make it pop. fail. You know? It is. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you can tell there's somebody on a team of certain movies that we watch, our TV shows, who are, who are saying, gotta make this pop. Make you need sexy it up and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, this is not hot enough. You gotta... You can tell that that's going on. And it's real... It just wrings the life out of things. Makes me want to vomit. And my other one is... Old Godzilla movies. That's because they new as well. I like the new one, but I'm saying go old school, man. Go to the old ones where it's like a model and the da 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 da. Like any 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 of them. The really bad ones. The really good ones. No, they're mostly bad. But the ones from Japanese, American, but any of them. Just um, go back, go on Netflix, look up Godzilla, and just watch a shitload of like old black and white Godzilla movies. It's mentioned in this, which I think is really funny. Sort of a hint at giant lizard, you know, and um. But I've been watching, like, old horror movies, 
through October because I was leading up to my Halloween thing. You did mention that. And it's super entertaining. Like, you have to let go of some of your stuff that you have built up over the years of expectations and then realize this is the history of what we have now. You are watching the history of movies that led up to what we have. James so, James Bond's it. a prime example. Yeah. If you love um, the new James Bond and you go... And I hear people say, oh, I love, uh, I love Skyfall and I love uh, Casino Royale. But then I watch some of those other James Bonds and what a load of garbage all that is. You can't discount that stuff. No. Because that's what made your James Bond occur. Like, it's all the history. You might It might not be as appealing to you, but to go back and yeah. live it is really Start cool. Start from the yeah. beginning, because I would like to do that again, actually. I think in another year. Because then like you understand the new one more, because you've got all those intricacies. But do you need that? Again, I don't think that's why. You don't need it, because you can watch the new James Bonds but without it. It should also be independent. It should I, I like, rely on the history. Um, I've heard people say, oh, I can't watch those old James Bonds. They're just too crazy. It's just weird. It's like Monty Python or whatever. It's crazy. And yes, it is. It gets hokey at times. Some of it, yeah. Uh, it's weird. It's a product of its time. But you build up a certain like appreciation for the same story getting told over and over. Somebody's going to destroy the world, but James Bond has to stop it. Yeah. And it's... It's not always good. Yeah, but sometimes it's like good, watching episodes of your favorite TV show. You yeah. know what I mean? You just can't... You just want to see how it evolves, and in 20 years we'll have a n- different ones. And So that's it. Godzilla and Wonder Woman. All right, so games and A-Scully stuff this week. Uh, a game came out this week. <laughs> I have it balanced. Did it, really? I didn't notice. I have it balanced on top of my... Because you've uh, been missing in action. <laughs> on top of my 360 I, over there. It's uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2. The Call of Duty they announced this morning it's the biggest selling uh, $200 million in 24 hours they took. Which okay, is I said five hundred million. Two hundred, I think. Two hundred. Mm. It's the biggest entertainment thing launch ever. It is every year. It's a phenomenon that has just kept going over the years. Um, this one is uh, takes place in the future. It's got a lot of good stuff. If you're a Call of Duty fan, you should go out and get it. The story I finished it this week is really good. It's actually the like if you've already played Black Ops, this is the continuation of that story. So. Um, it ended on a cliffhanger and then it starts again. So if you're interested in that story at all, you should just get this anyway. The multiplayer, not a lot has changed in the multiplayer, to be honest. Lee said to me when he was watching me play, it just doesn't look any different. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look any different, but there's new guns, there's new maps. It's 60 years in the future. 70 years in the future from in the, where it was before. 2025. It's I t- mean, you were in World yeah. War Two. now you're in No, you were in World War Two in Black Ops. You was in uh, the Cold War. Oh, okay. So 60s and 70s. Yeah, just after Vietnam into the Cold War era. Okay. And this actually takes place... The new Black Ops takes place in two time periods because it flashes back and forward. It takes place in the 80s and it also takes place in 2025. The 2025 levels are kind of futuristic-y. The 80s ones are exactly what you think of the 80s. And do you like it? Yeah, the story was really, really good. And they um, put a lid on the Black Ops story so it's not... They will do something else next time because it's over. That that arc is done. Like so, and what's really interesting about the story this time? And they've never done this before. It's branching. So if you fail a mission, the game will carry on, but take into account that you failed that mission, and the story will be different. So if you passed a mission, and there's choices that you can make for in the game, like 
maybe you've got a bad guy in your hands and you can, and it'll say, do oh, you yeah. want to kill him or not kill him? If you choose to kill him, the story will continue one way and if you don't kill him, the story will go another way. And it's... I'm not talking about a small change. I'm talking about, like... Like, apocalypse versus maybe winning. Happy ending. Yeah, but I'm talking not a small... It's not a small decision. A decision you make... So just to show you that your decisions have To show impact. you how these terrorists... It's a terrorist that you're after, right? And, you know... When you've got this terrorist who you know is a terrorist... And you've got him in an interview room... Do you... Uh, what do you do? Do you question him? Or do you just stab him in the face? You know what I mean? Do you... Do you like, what do you do? Like, I mean, there's lots of choices like that during the story... And they're really interesting. I went through it one particular way, my usual way <laughs> of being good. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I don't think I got the best ending being good, actually. So you're going to do it again? Because there's a scene in the game, right, where you're a... You, imagine a guy who is from the US, you know, a US military guy. This is you. Uh, he's one of the guys you play, because you play several guys. But he's been undercover... As uh, a member of this terrorist organization for ten years, and he's the right hand man of the main guy, so like the like the Bin Laden guy, he's like the right hand man of him. And there's a scene where the terrorist guy is going out to address his people and tell them all to rise up against the U.S. Right? And he he, he looks at you and says, "I'm going out there now to give the speech. Come out and protect me." And you go out. He gives this rousing speech. The American army start to come to break this up and the whole hell breaks loose, right? Then you, as an American, undercover, cannot break cover. And you're suddenly in this big like courtyard full of people shooting at you who think you're not American. They don't know you. Yeah. You're, you're un- so undercover. So you've got to kill Americans. You've got to kill American soldiers. It's real. It's affecting almost. It's like... Like, do you just blow your cover or... No, because they'll kill you then, right? The the bad guys. Yeah. So it's this weird situation you're in. And then you get this decision that you that you, you happen to... They give you a decision to make. And it's very crucial, like, because you have to either blow your cover or not at this particular moment. And I think the way I went was perhaps not the best way because I'm good, like... And it didn't <laughs> end up the best way. Right, yeah. yeah. It yeah, ended yeah. up... Yeah, so... I would like to go the other way and just, like, keep the cover going, you know? Oh, right. There's a I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. And this happened. So I really liked how that all takes place. And I always think about games that are constructed in that way. How... How many different options have they written? Yeah, the branching nature of it. Like, if you do something... I mean, it's finite, but... It is, but there's lots of decisions made in this game which add up to a conclusion. So... I think you could play through it several times and make different ones here, or good one here, bad one here, switch it around the next time. They've never done that before. It's usually very linear. So, yeah, it's great. The multiplayer's just as good as always. Um, I love it. If you like the multiplayer of any Call of Duty game, just go and buy this. It's... In fact, as you speak of it, don't you have a magnet pulling you over there? Your hand just I've wants played, to go uh, play 15 it. hours in the last two days. <laughs> Of Call of Duty, so I'm some getting... wives might not appreciate that. I like my alone time, so I love it when you're glued to your computer, and I can go over here and be glued to mine. And um, I played like till about three in the morning last night with my headphones on, just and me. On. I drew until four, and I needed to get up at five forty-five. Yeah. So by the time I got to bed, I had one hour and fifteen minutes to sleep. 
<laughs> so, but um, it was worth it. It's my my drawing I love. So biggest uh, release of the year for me, Black Ops 2. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's coming, not... though? Huh? Coming up? It... Game's coming up? That you're going to really love as well? You told me about it. Zombie. Coming up next week or something. Zombie. Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, next week's the finale of the Walking Dead game. I'll talk about that next See, week. Yeah, I like watching that one with you. It's a good one. So, um, other games I've been playing this week. Assassin's Creed 3. Interesting thing about Assassin's Creed 3. And I think it's really good. Really good. The first five hours of it, and it literally is five hours, is the prologue. You know, the credit, you know when it actually... The title screen that says Assassin's Creed 3. It actually takes place... We, I looked at... I, I was like, how long have we been playing this? And when the title screen came up to say, I'm playing Assassin's Creed 3. Here we go. It was two two hours, 20 minutes into the game. So, like, the, it's very slow build-up. But you know what? I love that slow build-up. Very good. It's the reason I like Heavy Rain, where some people say, well, the first hour of Heavy Rain, you're, you're brushing your teeth, you're combing your hair, you're farting around with the dog in the garden, you're talking to your wife. I'm like, well... I like that because it makes me feel like I'm that guy. Yeah, yeah. Instead of like, hey, you're a guy, shoot stuff. It's like, no, you're a guy. He does like mundane things. He's just a guy, right? He brushes his teeth. You brush the teeth for him. So what does Assassin's Creed do for... Assassin's Creed does this interesting... The guy you play in the game is not the guy you spend the first five hours of the game with. So you spend the first five hours of the game with this other guy. And it's with or as as okay. so you're this you're, you're it's the journey from Britain to America on a ship on a ship, um, and it's a actual I think it says it's eighty five days or something on this ship with these guys, and uh, it's kind of a tutorial of sorts how to you know there's a bit of a battle on the ship there's and then eventually you land in America. Um, eighty five days later, yeah, and it's. Uh, it doesn't actually take you the revolution. Five days. It's the time of the revolution. Two and a half hours. Is that how long it takes you? Yeah, to get there. But it's like every so often when he goes to sleep, it'll say 23 days later. You know, like that. So, yeah. So the whole thing passes. Then you get, and it's the Revolutionary War time. So America's not really America yet, right? It's the... Birth of America. Yeah, the birth of America. So the, the whole game, then when you do get there, you... Um, eventually play a Native American guy who's called Connor. And there is, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but the guy you play at the beginning and the Native, mm-hmm. there is some kind of link. And you, you then play it from the point of view of this Native American guy during the Revolutionary War, which is really interesting. Yeah, it would be. Because, and it's so historical, um, Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, if you walk into an area and then you're like, I don't know what the Boston Tea Party... Ri- I don't know what that is, really. Like, it says it. You know, the Boston Tea Party is coming up, somebody says. And you go, me, I'm not good on American history. I I have to think to myself, I don't know what that is. Maybe I'll get my uh, tablet out and look that up. You don't have to in Assassin's Creed. You bring up this loading screen, and there's a whole encyclopedia of every location you go to, what these events are, how they fit into the real world, whether they're... Fictional in this game or not? Like you meet George Washington, you meet, nice. you know. There's a, there's a 
You meet um, who's the guy who does the inventions back in those days? Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. You meet him very. Who's that guy? <laughs> you meet him very early on, and he's the in in Assassin's Creed games. You always meet a guy who can get you some invent something for you. And he's the guy you go to on this. So he's like your Q kind of guy. You oh, go yeah. and meet him and he'll make your stuff. And, uh, you know, in the other games you had... Um, Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci and... Uh, yeah, Leonardo da Vinci was your go-to guy. Mm-hmm. So I really like how they blend real-world history with this assassin story. Um, and it's so interesting. It's like the most interesting place, like the Revolutionary War and the... The landscape, for instance, like, you know, the frontier and the, you know, the different town, like Boston and places like that. It's just, it looks amazing. You saw us playing it. I mean, it's so historically, like, accurate. It's a history buffs game, first off. Now, I don't know if that's fair, because you're going to come across history buffs and go, oh, God. They got that wrong. They got that wrong. They got that wrong. Right, so but they they are I very. Sell it yeah, maybe a, they've got some stuff wrong. I don't know, but or exaggerate. Or, what they well, yeah, obviously the assassin story is not true, but it runs through real yeah. life events. You know, the, but um, it's a historian's game because if you read all the the law that's actually in the title screens, well, it's in the pause screen. It's like an encyclopedia. You will learn a lot of stuff. And I think it's really fun because my uh, nephew plays it, who's like at the age where he learns learning history and all that stuff. Sixteen. And he uh, sits and, and says things. Oh yeah, we've learned about this in school. I know what this event is, you know. And it's that's kind of really an interesting thing to put into video games. I Absolutely. Think. So um, Assassin's Creed Three, I think it's the best Assassin's Creed game so far. They, they've like refined everything, and this is the final one in the story of Desmond, who's the main character. So, um, and we've not finished it. It's like a hundred hour game from what I can tell. So, you know, we're still playing. So, um, what else is uh, new this week? Just, uh, the PS on Tuesday, you know, the PS plus service that I've mentioned on my PlayStation three, where you get a free game every couple of weeks. If you're a subscriber, um, it's, it's moving to the PlayStation Vita as well. So if you own a Vita from Tuesday, you get also get an instant game collection on your Vita. That's, uh, on Tuesday, you get five free games. And these are not cheap-ass games. We're talking Uncharted, which is a $50 game that you can... I, I actually, unfortunately... Free. free. Right. I unfortunately already own it. But Uncharted is but one. But do you have it for the Vita? Yes, I bought All it. Right. It's the game that I bought with my Vita. Right. Uncharted is free. Wipeout 2048 is free. A fantastic racing game. Not that Wipeout. You know, this futuristic, (laughs) one of my favourite games, Wipeout. That's free. Um, What else is free? There's five games in total. Jet Set Radio is free. The HD version of that. I've not even got that on the Vita, so I'm looking forward to it. That one you can get. Yeah. um, What's the other one? Is, is Is it Little Big Planet? No. Gravity Rush, another game that I bought for the Vita, mm-hmm. is free now. Um, so there's five altogether on Tuesday, and then every two weeks there'll be a free game for the Vita. It's fantastic. I, I, this PlayStation Plus service, when they first announced it, I was kind of like, I don't get it. Why would anybody... It doesn't seem like there's any benefit. Giving it, yeah. Because you don't have to pay to play online on the PlayStation, so why do I give them $50 a year? What's the point? Like, Yeah, what are they keeping from me? Right, so now you give them $50 a year and you get a free game for your Vita every two weeks and a free game for your PS3 every two weeks. And I'm not talking like a shitty little game, I'm talking sometimes Uncharted and things like that, you know. So 
How's that not good? That you pay you pay on the Xbox fifty dollars a year just to play online. What else do you get with that? With PlayStation Plus, mm-hmm. free game every two weeks. <clears throat> I mean, what else? What's the point of PlayStation Plus? So you can download games for free. It's like um, if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you That's get all it is. There's no statistics or anything like that. No, you get the free game every two weeks. You get cloud saves. Which you don't okay. get if you're not a PlayStation. So that's Plus. a practical. That's another practical. That's a cool thing because if I save something on one PS3 and go to the other, the save's straight there. You know, you don't. Have and to... that doesn't happen in every household. It, it does here. here. Yeah. Also, you could go to your friends and say, "I log in as myself," and then you can get your game. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you also get if you're a PlayStation Plus member. You know, the firmware updates that your PS3 does. It yeah. does them automatically. Oh yeah, instead you of love that. Be, yeah, it just. It turns itself on at 4 o'clock in the morning, does what it has to do, and then turns itself off again. Which is great, because usually when I switch the PS3 on, when I didn't have PS Plus, it'll say, can you do an update now? And I'd sit there for 20 How minutes. How does that do with our plug thing that you bought? Because I have it plugged into the one that doesn't oh, okay. ever go. Um, so, um, yeah, PS Plus, um, move into the Vita. So if you, if you do own a Vita, that's fantastic. If you don't own a Vita, I can see it as a good reason to buy a Vita, because if you didn't have a Vita and you were like well isn't it done now though no I like the look of this no this is its first Christmas so I'm thinking this will sell more Vitas obviously right so if you go and buy a Vita now for Christmas and they've just knocked the price down to 199 instead of 249 if you go and you get a game with it so if you if you go and buy one now at Christmas uh, for 199 with a game inside the pack and you come home and you join PlayStation Plus, or maybe you're already on PlayStation Plus because you've got a PS3, you instantly get five new games to load onto your Vita. The one you get free is probably one of those. No, it isn't, actually. Oh, the right. one you get free is um, the Assassin's Creed 3. Oh, new. wow. So all of them would be new to you. So it's just, to me, it's a good thing that they've done. Because they didn't have to put all their top games as the free games. They could have put cruddy ones. But they just must have said to themselves... We want people to buy Vitas, exactly. so these are the best games. If they buy them, they get them for free, you know. So so that's PS Plus, Tuesday on the Vita, along with uh, Walking Dead season finale on the Vita, on the um, PS3 on Tuesday. That'll be fun. Well, oh. it'll be fun, but it's fun. Also <laughs> out this week is Lego Lord of the Rings. I have it, but I've not played it yet. I'm looking forward to it, because the Lego games are always, always a lot fun. And Lord of the Rings, you can imagine it'd be quite funny. Um, it, it could be better than the movies. Yeah. <laughs> Hitman Absolution is out next week. That's the Hitman games. They're um, really cool. I'll talk about that next week. And I bought a book this week. Is Timothy Oliphant in them? <laughs> He's not. So yeah, you do know the Hitman games, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what the Hitman games are. The Agent, yeah. uh, for, Agent 47 with the... Yeah, with the Baldy with the... Yeah. I forgot the about that suit. movie. Yeah, well, there's the new game this year is supposed to be... You know, what's good about the Hitman games is they're free-flowing, like... There's a guy you got to kill or something. Here's the world. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. what you want. Disguise yourself as a waiter. Slip in there. Or, you know, there's, there's a lot of... So I bought a book this week. Don't often buy a book because I use my Nook to read digital books generally. But this one was cheap on Amazon. I was talking to you the other day about um, Star Wars books. I think I talked about it on the podcast. And uh, this is one that's, like, authorized by George Lucas... 
And how how do you explain this? It's kind of interesting, isn't it? It's, it's a Jedi journal that's been. It's like a textbook. The Jedi path. That, it's, it's just like any textbook you've had in your life. Then it's been used three or four or five times before, and kids have made notes in it. And yeah. it just happens to have been used by Yoda, Luke Skywalker, um, Red and Black guy, Deku, Obi Wan, Dooku, Obi Wan, and. Kai Kwai Gan Jin. Oh, actually, yeah, exactly that. It says here, um, it's, it's the manual for students of the Force. So it's... I just explained it. Yeah, and what's really cool is that in the, in the front, it's got, like, who... The order of people who had the book from Yoda to Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker's got the best signature I've ever seen. Look <laughs> at that. Um, and what it is, is um, an it's explanation a of a textbook yeah. of, you know, what they would give to the younglings when they were learning... How to use the force, and it tells you there's chapters called Becoming an Apprentice, there's chapters How to Use a Lightsaber, the different variations of lightsabers, and the really fun part, like you just said, is there's annotations, and the annotations in the columns are like, you know, you'll read the paragraph what it's talking about, the council. As if Dooku would have just gone on and kept that book with all of its annotations from Yoda and passed it on to someone else. Dooku says something. Like, oh, well, we all hate each other and I want to rule the universe, but I'm going to keep this one little book and pass it on to well, somebody else. Dooku says some hilarious stuff in it. But it's funny. Based on what what the other people say. You know, he's, he's kind of got a funny slant to it. Before he went bad. Yeah. Maybe. Um you know, and Luke says some... Like about lightsabers here, Luke's annotated in the um, column. I want to try and isolate the crystal from the lightsaber. And maybe I could sell it, he says, Luke. You know, before he's... Because there is a crystal. I, You know, it explains in here how lightsabers are made. But there's a crystal that provides the blade. Uh-huh. And the colour of the crystal. And they're very rare, the crystals. And Luke's looking into selling it for some cash here. In this. So there's like insights into your into the characters and it you know it's it's just a really cool idea i've never i've never thought about it like that but it's um it's not the first of its kind lots of other things lots of other fictional characters have those kinds of journals right but, but that um, one happens to have been around for a thousand years yeah it actually even says in the beginning how long uh, they say bby like from 103 bby whatever that is i have not figured what that is yet before but. yoda <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it isn't, I'm sure. <laughs> but um it's called the Jedi Path. Um it's on Amazon. For three dollars. It was three dollars for a day because it was a gold box deal. It's uh, but its full price is uh, only well its full price is twenty dollars on the back, but I actually looked today and it's eleven dollars. Even for eleven dollars if you're interested in Star Wars it's worth Oh yeah. Because it's really fun like I mean it's just a fun Kind of, and if you really love it, and you're reading about how lightsabers work, then you're like, oh yeah. And and you know what's even funner about it is it's the way they were told lightsabers will work. That's what I like to think. I like yeah. to think, oh, I okay, so I'm Luke back then, and I'm reading this, and this is my first introduction into this. And this is the book Obi Wan gave to um, Darth, whatever his name was, Anakin, to yeah. read from exactly. and to learn. And, uh, you know, when you're reading, you're reading and you see that Luke has annotated at the side and also Yoda annotated at the side, but Yoda annotated it hundreds of years before Luke did. Yeah. It's just, and there's all interesting parallels between what it's they both write. It's in very good shape for a thousand-year-old book, I must say. Yeah, it's a good shape. <laughs> it's really it, good. <laughs> they actually made it look kind of ragged. Yeah. Um, but I would have liked it to be stained and stuff, but it's more just they've ragged the edges of the pages up. 
They're Jedi. Actually, they stain it. Actually, they only ragged the. Do you um, imagine Luke's in there with a cup of coffee and spilling it? Yeah, you know, it's Jedi coffee. (laughs) So that's the Jedi path. What's Jedi coffee? You can get it at Amazon. Um, It's really cool. If you're into Star Wars, you probably either have it or are thinking, wow, that sounds cool. I'll go and get it now. Good gift for a Star Wars lover. It is. So, um, what's for dinner, Sid Talk? Today is going to be very basic. I found some curried lentil soup in a bag. We're going to have that with some vegetarian bologna on a sandwich, maybe some french fries, and maybe some salad, and then some cookies. That's it. Nice. Nothing creative today whatsoever. And That's what, all. And what is your advice before we close this Very pocket? basic. Very straightforward. I am not claiming to know anything solid about these things, but one thing I'm trying to let go of is... Being afraid, afraid not like, ah, but afraid like, I could never do that, of math and science. Like, like the real crazy shit that when you start listening to a physicist talk about quantum theory and you know you know nothing, I understand nothing of what they're saying, and yet if I listen enough to different, I've been watching YouTube videos of just professors and, you know, just, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but the more I listen and watch these people's passion for math, and for science and for molecular structures and uh, trying to figure out how to create different whatever all these really finite things like really or maybe not maybe not finite infinite things if you just open your mind to it a little bit and don't be like oh I don't know anything about math that's stupid I hate I hate math but then just don't hate it like think about I don't need to know how this microphone works. But somebody somewhere has done a hell of a lot of research and time and science to figure out how my voice coming out of my mouth, all the little intricacies of the sounds and the waves, hit that thing and go inside there and go in that wire and go out of that computer, a whole other science, get magnet, magnet, magnetically stuck to a disk, and then you're able to save it and then turn it into some other digital shit and then send it through the air. Or digital something. shit? Yeah, through some cables that are made out of certain things, fiber optics, and how that goes down there. And then it can go, like, it's mind-boggling that we just do it and take for granted. I don't need to know how my car works to drive it, but I'm still fascinated by the entire process that's happening there. And I think if you just, I'm not saying go get textbooks, because I'm not good at that kind of stuff, but I found YouTube videos about the subjects, and then I get off on articles about it, and then I find stories on discoverynews.com where you start reading the archaeology and the science of, you know, paleontology. I mean, it just sort of branches out. And I don't understand it all, and I'm not, I don't know how to qualify if it's correct, but I feel like I'm learning about geography and about the planet and the universe and what the Earth's made out of and where, pla- where countries are that I never grasped before. And, um, should we expand your mind? Yeah, expand your mind, man. So that's what I'm really saying. But with math and science particularly, maybe just don't like knock a few bricks down out of that wall. And um, let it happen, man. Yeah, let yeah, it man. just flow into you, man. Expand your mind. <laughs> you man. Expand your mind without chemicals, man. Except maybe some caffeine to go along with your YouTube video watching. All right. Is that is that your um, everything for this week? Have we got anything else? No. Well, we're, we're nearly one hour and 40 minutes, so we better Perfect. wrap this sucker up. 
So, um, I want to remind you about our websites, aceglay.com, sita.com, catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zune Marketplace, or just go to aceglay.com, click on the word podcast, subscribe there, you can email me at aceglay.com, and don't email SigTalk, don't email her, <laughs> never. And uh, stay it's classy. Not scientifically viable. Stay classy, Mr. Spider-Man. <laughs> Which um, one? <laughs> fictional Spider-Man? Yeah, fictional Spider-Man. He's the best one. Okay. And I'm going to say thank you to Ms. Vito. Someone will do it for you.